0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of discomfort by design i am your host taylor quick today i'm joined by my good friend tom kingwell tom is over in bavaria germany and he is a school teacher a husband a father a triathlete and he is a leader of men tom is the founder and one of the leaders of the complete dad network We're going to get into what the complete dad is in this episode, but before we jump into this, I want to remind you, please go to whatever streaming service that you're using for this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, leave us a rating and a review, it's going to really help drive this podcast and get that algorithm working for us, I really appreciate that, so we're going to dive into a lot of things in this episode, we talk talk extensively about what it means to be connected as human beings, why Finding discomfort is a great thing for you to do in your life. And uh, overall, look at what it means to be a complete dad or complete man um, and, and really kind of dive in and dissect that. We talk a little bit about some of our mutual friends that are some names that you've probably heard on this podcast. Uh, and we talk, talk a little bit about uh, our friend Terrence Mitchell, who passed away in uh, October of 2020 and the impact that he has left not only on our lives, but on the world around us. Uh, so without further ado, Mr. Tom Kingwell. All right. What's up, Tom? How's it going,
1: man? It's so cool to be on uh, the show with you. I know that the way we actually connected was through you listening to my show with Brandon Lilly a couple of years ago, and here you are kicking off with a few episodes of your own. I feel really stoked um, to be here, and um, I'm sure my name will be in amongst um, some really uh, awesome guys. So that's pretty humbling. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be with you again, brother. I mean, you know, become friends, so let's do it.
0: Yeah, man. It's, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting couple of years that, uh, that podcast you referenced is one that you did, uh, with Brandon Lilly and Brandon, Brandon's a guy I've been following for a while at that point. Uh, met him a couple of times through different things and hadn't, uh, really was trying to make some very different changes in my life and, and that podcast with Brandon was just like I swear it's like y'all were speaking directly to me with a lot of things and so I mean I reached out to you reached out to Brandon um pretty quickly thereafter um and Brandon Brandon and I had had some interactions you know before that but from that point on it kind of kind of picked up and he's somebody I consider a, a good friend at this point in my life and uh spent some time with him and and really uh really tried to Soak up a lot from him so he's had a, he's had a lot of positive things happen in his life and a lot of changes he's made and things like that so it was uh, it was a really neat deal um, so I have a list of, of podcast guests that I had when I <laughs> when I started doing this and uh, your name is actually on that list so uh, getting getting to sit down and do do this with you uh, and it's been a little over two years I think since that podcast aired I think oh. that was somewhere around February of 2020 wow. um,
1: yeah I so, think so.
0: Yeah, and so it's kind of kind of a, a full circle moment for me. So I, I, uh, I'm really excited to do this with you, buddy.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was really amazing because I first got Bert Sauron on the podcast. And I was like, Bert was the guy that I – and I even said it then on that podcast. I actually re-released that recently. Um, was the one person on my list that I really wanted to get. You know, I just – after listening to a podcast that he did with Ryan – on the Order of Man podcast, I was just like, wow, I want to speak to this guy. And, and it didn't disappoint. I just I just really loved his vibe. I loved his humility. And I loved that he, he's just in the business to help other people. You know what I mean? He's there to inspire other guys. There's no, as we talked about on that show, we talked about there's no showboating. There's no big ego. It's just, I, at least I feel that with him from all the way over here. And then after having that podcast with him, uh, which was incredible, then obviously I got hold of Brandon. And Brandon said yes as well and was quite surprising and it is quite amazing. And I, I want to say thanks to those guys, just how willing they are to help guys out that have no audience yet or have no following you know, yet, but are able to sow into your life as just a guy getting started. And I really appreciate that. And, and I think that you're going to find the same thing that there's these guys that are just willing to help out and willing to have those conversations to help inspire no matter how many people there are. There are a lot of people that are focused on the numbers, right? The numbers are how big a following is. And I'm more about the quality and the quality of people that I talk to. I want to speak to people who are interesting, who make me curious. And um, and then from there onwards, it's just been this expanded, being able to get to know all these guys, you know, being able to have conversations with, you know, with Terrence, got to know Terrence through Brandon, obviously had him on the show twice. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, which was, which was really sad, but he left his mark on me, you know what I mean? As do all these guys. And, and I credit them with my growth over the last few years and, you know, whatever happens to our podcasts or whatever our movements um, and where they go, what is happening to us as men and as fathers, especially as I'm, you know, you know what I'm doing. I'm, a, I'm, I've launched the complete dad and it's all about being the best father um, you can be and defining what best means to you as an individual you know, it's so important for me to grow as a father as well, and to live that, right? And that's always the important thing. And all these guys, Rudy Reyes as well, uh, what God, What what a privilege it is to speak to them and what a privilege it is to then connect with you and be, become friends. You know, you and Brandon um, join me um, in our group that we have online um, every week. And it's been great to get to know you guys. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you, uh, where this goes with your um, discomfort by design. I love the name, love the logo. And love the concept, man.
0: Uh, I appreciate that, man. And, you know, we, we hear all the time about the negatives of social media and technology. And it seems like we harp on that a whole lot. Um, but but without social media, without technology, there's no way that I have any idea who Tom Kingwell is. There's no way I know. Well, I'm, I'm sure I would have come across Bert and Brandon by some degree, just simply because of the career field I'm in as a strength and conditioning coach. But um you know, other, there's other people that that you would you would never have a chance to meet without uh, without the technology that we have today, without social media. Terrence Mitchell, being someone that you yeah. mentioned, um, that would be that's a that's a great example of somebody I'd have never known anything about without social media and technology. So um, I, I think that uh, I think that's something that we should always take a look at, and, and you look at from a full spectrum picture. You know, we see a lot of the negative with that, but without it. I don't think either one of us, you or I, would be where we are right now today, so very, <laughs> very thankful for for that, and I'm glad you mentioned the Complete Dad, man, in the most recent episode I did uh, with, with Corey Bell. We actually talked a little bit about your concept and some of the things that you're doing, um, so with that, uh, there may be people listening to, to this podcast on my end who, uh, which we're going to do this, obviously, we're going to release this on both of our platforms, but um, for the people who are listening on my end who may not know anything about the Complete Dad Network or about Tom, man, why don't you give us your backstory and, uh, and tell us what the Complete Dad is and what the mission is and how to get involved with that. And man, we'll just go from there.
1: Yeah, sure. I just want to go backtrack a little bit on what you said there about social media. I think as part of the Complete Dad, and it kind of links up nicely to what we're doing at the Complete Dad, is the intentionality behind things. You know what I mean? It's always the intentionality and the self-awareness and the presence that you want to have as a father. And that is what we, what we talk about a lot of the complete dad and what you and I talk a lot about, you know, those three key core values that we have um, of being intentional so that when we do use social media, because it can become a trap, man. So it can have negative impact and it can have positive, but it's the same with everything in life. It's really being intentional about what you do. And this will dovetail or kind of Segue nicely into what we're doing at the complete dad because what we do there is we want to be the complete father. We don't want to be defined by one thing only, and we also don't want to just go in one direction with our physical fitness. Fitness, you know what I mean. We don't want to. We don't want to rule out this kind of thing. So, people who who are listening, they can't see. I've got two pieces of cake here, which you go like, wow, that's kind of like um, not really in line with what people see a lot because it's a lot about deny that and cut that out and only do this and. Although there's a place for that, I think that at The Complete Dad, what we try and do is we want to lead men to make sustainable changes. Do you know what I mean? We want people to come into the group and to find um, a path that they can follow for the rest of their lives. We don't want it to be crash course. We don't want six-week abs. We don't want eight weeks to the perfect father. That That's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You're going to maybe kick it for a while. And I've been there and done that myself where I've really charged hard for a while, but then found myself, you know. Fraying at the seams, so to speak, you know what I mean? Coming up against it because once you become a father and the responsibilities and the time that that takes to do well, right? To really step up, you need to get your sleep. You need to unwind sometimes. You need to switch off your brain sometimes. And then having, I feel that having this really strict kind of this is what we have to do and you should be doing this, I think it makes it very hard for the average man on the streets to get it done. That doesn't mean that there are going to be periods where we have to be uncomfortable. Like you talk about. Uh, at uh, discomfort by design, like for sure, man. Do the cold showers. Get up early in the morning if you really struggle. Don't hit that that alarm, um, that that snooze button. Um, but at the same time, figure out ways that are going to help you to balance your life because you know balancing things has got a bad rap at times because people think that you have to invest a lot of time in this at at, at some point in life. And I agree, but our kids only live once, right? So. I don't want to miss like a certain period of my kid's life in the hope that I'm going to have done something great with my life and then be able to, you know, catch up and cash in my chips and go, yes, well, now I can. Now I'm there. Cause, cause uh, word to the wise, like you never get there, right, brother? There's no there. Once you climb one mountain, oh, well, now I need to climb another mountain because that's how we kind of are wired, I believe, as people. And so what we do to complete that is it's been a, it's been an evolution, right? Because I started out a little bit more with that kind of uncompromising um, approach to this whole manliness thing and the masculinity arena and to being a father and, you know, wake up super early in the morning and get that early morning walker workout. And as I've said, once again, it's the same as social media. I don't want to villainize anything and I don't want to criticize anyone. Whatever works for Jocko works for Jocko. It might work for someone else, but it might not be the thing that I need to do in my situation. And that doesn't mean he's wrong and it doesn't mean I'm wrong. And so the complete dad, we're trying to work towards everybody finding their own path. You know. And Brandon even said that in the podcast I had with him when he spoke about Terence, He says, There's not, not one day goes past by that he doesn't wish that Terence was still here. But he said that obviously Terence not being involved, he set us on a path. But would I, and he asked Brandon, asked, would you have maybe continued on that path just following Terence's way and not found your own path, but kind of in a way we were forced to find our own way. And to go, okay, so I take the study days of discipline from Terence and the books that he read and the aspects of that he did and the you know the the kettlebell routines that he did and just his just his nature. You know what I mean? His positive approach to serving other people, but then in, integra- integrate it into my life and make it take the pieces that work and take the pieces of the puzzle to become the complete version of myself and to become the complete dad that Tom can be or the complete dad that Taylor can be, and not always jumping from one thing to the next recipe to try and become this thing that other people expect you to be. Because that's what part of the problem is, right? We have lived most of our lives trying to live up to other people's expectations of us and kind of gone away from who we truly are. And so that's where it starts with. And at The Complete Dad, you know, there's a lot of tips and tricks and advice that you can give to fathers for handling certain kids at certain age. And we do include that. There are times when we talk about that. But more than that, it's a 90% about who you are as a man, right? So it's more about how you show up. It's more about the role model you become, the example that you set for your children, the managing of your emotions as a man to then love and serve and inspire and set your children on a path where they can become the best versions of themselves, not another little cookie cutter version of yourself. Because first of all, it's not going to happen and you're going to kill yourself bending over backwards, trying to make them like you want them. No, you got to be aware enough and have that security and escape some of those insecurities that we've developed as children. And also, you know, I know I'm going on a bit here, but there's just so much to it, right? Going back into the past, dealing with your issues so you don't pass those on to your children and getting rid of the ego so that you're able to, instead of scold your children, school your children, which means teaching your children in the way, instead of scolding them the whole time because you actually haven't taught them. And um, you know, it's a it's a work in progress, brother. And you know me, and I'm a very honest and open person. Um, I don't want to fool anybody. I'm I'm haven't made it. Um, as Bert says, no one's the man. So you know, no one's really made it. And I think understanding you're never going to make it, but every single day, working to be just a little bit better of yourself. And We heard that a lot, but guys, you know, what is what is better mean for you, and and what is best mean? Because we just think ah success. And it's very important to define those things right where are we headed what what is actually the goal here and for me I've set the goal of one day when it's my time is up that I can look back and go I was I was a loving giving kind patient father who served his family and that's it
0: yeah man so I here. That is fantastic, and, and you, you hit on some really great things, and I, I want to I make sure we hit those because, you know, what, what you were talking about, about what Brandon said about Terrence and about, um, you know, how would we still be walking the path we're walking now? Or would we be on a different path if Terrence were still here? Um, and and that is, that's something that really kind of made me pause and think for a minute because that, that correlates exactly into what you're doing because if you think about it that, this way – Right, so Terrence is gone. Um, Terrence's influence, though, is more alive than it's ever been. And um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a nerd, uh, so when I, when I thought this in two different ways, so um, I, I thought about this in the in the, the Star Wars sense when Obi Wan Kenobi in a, In A New Hope is in front of Darth Vader and he says, "You strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine," meaning huh. that you know, like if if you remove me physically from from this world, the influence, my influence is only going to grow. Um, and, and, you know, I actually had a conversation or a very, very brief one. I wouldn't call it a conversation. It's just a very small text exchange with Brandon recently. Um, and I, I said something along the lines of uh, how much I've been seeing Terrence's influence and um, presence on my, my social media feed lately. And, uh, and he said, uh, Brandon said something to the effect of sometimes things have to be removed from us in order to fully see the extent which they're there, and because uh, you know, like when, when Terrence is here, you kind of take for granted how often you see that man's influence or anyone—not just Terrence. Um, Terrence is an easy one to to point out, uh, but but now that you've removed him from the scenario physically, it's becoming more apparent when I see people like you, like Brandon, um, when I see his brother post or when I see like David Wood and all these other guys that, that were people who followed along that path, I'm seeing them and I'm like, Oh man, Hey, that's, that's T's influence. I start seeing him in their training or in the way that they write or in the way that they eat. And it's like, (laughs) Oh man, you know, that's, that's T's influence. Isn't that exactly what we're trying to do as fathers? When you remove us physically from the everyday presence of our children, right? So when when whether that be by the fact that we pass away or our kids fly the coop, you know, they, they leave, they go off into the world on their own, and, and you have removed that everyday physical presence of the father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When we look at their life, don't isn't that the goal that we want to see that influence be mm. manifested? That that we wanna see the things that we try to teach them start working their way into everyday life and so that that you can point that out and go, Hey, that's that's Tom. That's Tom mm. doing that, or that's Taylor, or that's Brandon, or that's whoever that influence is there. Not that we're Creating pictures of ourselves, but that our legacy is being lived through them in an everyday way.
1: Hmm. Well, as I was talking about, you know, when my time is up, I mean, that's the legacy, right? So you pass away, you leave the legacy, and then your kids obviously pass it on. And obviously, you also break some generational curses at the same time because, you know, there's obviously things that need to be broken at some stage by some parent, you know, in the whole chain of grandparents and parents and whatever. But we talk about leaving a legacy often, but, you know, like they're playing with the idea of living a legacy. So it's like your legacy is with your kids, whether you're with them or not, the way that you've raised them, they still behave in that way. They still make the choices as in the way that they, in the way that you have taught them to, or that you've modeled them to, do you know what I mean? And I think that that's why who you are as a person, you know, you talk about be, do, and have, you know, like a lot of us are focused on what we have you know, in, in in the modern world, like, what do we have? What do we own? And then a lot of us are focused on what we do, you know, but who we are as people is the most important thing. It speaks louder and speaks, like you say, it's like um, Gladiator Maximus says, you know, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And that's up to you, you know, or you can just be, you know, not even a footnote in history and just, you know, disappear. And that's not what I mean is significance in that you are in history books or stuff, but in your family. Do you know what I mean? You pass those things on for generation after generation, or you pass on hurt, pain, trauma, um, and that becomes your legacy. And so there is, there's two sides to it. It's like when you're not here anymore, like Terence has left a legacy. And it's a really strong one. And when he was alive, we had it as well, you know. But with our kids, we want them to find their own path, but then have that impact on them and still like. And I think that's awesome what you said there. I think it's really cool to think about that in the same kind of way that when we aren't present. You know, how, who are our kids? Because I think that's important. They can, as a teacher, I see it all the time. And so do you, right? Kids behaving the way they think they want us to behave when we're there. And then you find out behind the scenes what they're up to. And you're like, this is interesting because they want to impress. They want to please us. And I'd rather my kids be pretty honest with me, um, to be straight up. It's just, I'd rather them be honest and develop the relationship with them that they will tell me if something is up, that they will come to me when they need help. And, and that's the hard thing, man. I think that sometimes we can be victims of our own success, right? And we've got to remember that and be honest with our children. And that's why I'm glad that I'm that I'm not perfect sometimes. And then my kids see me unperfect because my kids see me grow. They see me in the process. And so then they can understand, oh, this is not something that my dad just is. It's something that he's working on. Okay, I need to work on this and I will need to work on that. You know what I mean? And I think that seeing us like that and seeing us as 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 weak at times and vulnerable is great for them because it allows them to also be vulnerable and weak at times with us and not pretend like everything's good and not be afraid of us. And so it's a very fine line, brother. And that's why I think being intentional with how we show up every day. And as I've said, it's something that I continually work on. And, 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 you know, lately I've been playing around with this idea of, you know, just seeing life through our children's eyes, you know, like how do they see us and how do they perceive our behavior? How do they perceive our love? Because just like our wives and the love languages, if you've read that book by Gary Chapman, I think it is, where you know you you look at the love languages, which are so different often with men and women. Our kids have an individual thing, and if we're going to just love them the way that we think they need to be loved, we miss out the chance of actually loving them in the way that they need to be loved. But back to your point, you know, living a legacy—it's like I I want to live that legacy, you know, so that that presence is with my kids, and so yes, that resonates in their life, the impact that I have in them, and not out of a selfish thing, because I think that. We can even use our kids as trophies, right? You know, like I taught my kid, well, my kid's doing the right thing. My kid's got the grades. My kid's playing in the football team. And it's like, yes, you want that. But who do you want that for? Is that you living your own dreams for your kids again? Or is that once again, you passing on the baton to your children and say, man, I'm so happy that because I have showed up, because I've dealt with my anger, because I've dealt with my ego, you are able to be raised up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely spot on. And I love what you said about letting your kids see you like imperfect. Um, because, you know, I think we, we've we been sold this idea that, you know, dad should be this, I don't, I don't even know how to really describe it, like this inapproachable presence of of authority and, and that there's no vulnerability there where you can sit down with your son or your daughter and be like, hey, look, I don't always get it right either. So if you're struggling with something, come to me and let's figure it out together because otherwise you create that like you said that spirit of fear within them where they're like I can't go to dad with this because he's going to be so disappointed in me and he's going to to not want to you know meet me here and walk through this with me. He's just going to to see nothing but negative and there's not going to be that room for growth. And I, I think that's, man, that's, that's absolutely spot on something that a lot of people are missing in their, their, the way they father their children, whole lot of do, as I say, not as I do type people out there who <laughs> w- will gladly preach whatever and then, but live a different way. So I, I think that's uh, I like that.
1: But it's the same as like what you're doing, you know, and to get back on track because the audience might not all be dads, you know, it might be young men getting themselves together and, and trying to get themselves on track, you know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things of just being able to be uncomfortable, you know what I mean? This applies to dads or not, or, or two guys that aren't dads, you know? But we can't expect other people to be uncomfortable if, if we're falling apart every time things go wrong, you know, when things don't work out the way we want them. And, and I can relate, obviously, as a dad, like people are watching you the whole time, but it's not just about being a father, it's the people around you. You know what I mean? You can't expect people to step up around you when you aren't able to do that. And that's what I love about kind of what you're looking at, which is looking at growth through discomfort, right? So looking at that growth comes from pain. I mean, it's just a fact. If I'm sitting here with my little finger and exercising this thing for a day, it'll eventually start to hurt. But, you know, it doesn't take much effort, you know. It's a time when I start doing the heavy lifting that the muscles grow, you know. It's a time when I start running the longer distances. If I start riding my mountain bike, bike up the hill, you know, you can only you just have to look around you and see on this new e-bike craze in, in Germany where people are now riding these bikes that are literally like scooters with an engine. I've ridden them before when I went to Italy and on a mountain bike tour with my kids because the mountains are high and we, we rode a whole lot of times. It's like you're not developing that strength, right? And I think that 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 for me has been something I've wanted to teach my kids, but you can't teach your kids like that if you're not doing it yourself. And you can't expect those around you. And I think that a lot of us look so much to what other people are doing around us, whether it be to inspire ourselves, but also whether to judge other people, you know, and how much time and energy goes to, to looking at other people and what they're doing instead of like looking at ourselves. And this extends to, the things that we're doing wrong that we maybe need to, and I don't even want to say wrong. Let's say unhelpful, ineffective behaviors that are leading us to results that we don't want or leading us to relationships that don't work. How much time and effort we put into that. But then on the flip side is how much time are you spending really delving into the root causes of why you even do what you do? Do you know what I mean? Why are you, why are you lifting? Why do you feel the need to lift 500 pounds? Like, and if it's, And if it's legitimate and it's not to cover up some insecurity, then fine. If it's not to impress other people, then that's the way. But I've talked to people, including Bert and these guys that know that they did these things for the wrong reasons a lot of the time. You know, guys that we really respect have been there. So if they are there, and that's what I had to do is look at everything that I do and go, why am I doing it? Because if I'm doing it for a reason that's outside of myself, it it, it never brings satisfaction, right? Because it never actually gets there. You never get there because it's not in line with your true self. And I think what we try to do at the complete dad, or I love to call it the complete man as well, um, or whatever you 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 whatever you like to call it, it's really getting to know yourself, man. You know, and, and Socrates said it like know your know thyself. And you need to learn that first before you start doing these great and wonderful things out there. Like get to know yourself, get to know what you really like, where you really belong. And this is something that we're riffing on a bit at the podcast at the complete dad as well. Is belonging like. Where do you belong? And who are the people that you belong with and belong to? And how much time are you spending with the people and in the places where you belong? And how much time are you spending trying to fit in? Because belonging and fitting in are two different things, right? Fitting is like, I'm going to sacrifice a real part of me to be accepted here. Belonging is like, I am Tom. I am myself. I'm going to do my best, but I'm not going to have to change who my my core is. To fit in with this group. And so that's the thing that we have to start realizing. Are we are we doing what we're doing to fit in and to get kudos and get affirmation? And I think a lot of dads, you know, you get back to the dad thing. And I want to make it clear, it doesn't matter if you're a dad or, or if you are a young man, you know, planning on a family or if you don't want to have kids, these things apply to us all. You know, how much do we do for the affirmation of other people? And how much do we do it from like that place, that true place of like, I want to serve other people or I want to do this thing because it's in line with me, because I really think that that's where I'm feeling more contentment. You know, the more in my life I start to find like this, and yes, I'm a bit older guys. I'm 44 now, you know, but I look back to a lot of the misguided times in my life, right. Where I was doing a lot of things because of the ego, you know, and, uh, and following a lot of paths because of what I thought it might bring me. And it just never did. And now I, start, I find home is where the heart is and heart is your heart is where home is if you make home a beautiful place and if you create places where you belong. And that's why I love seeing you guys, like Brandon, you guys, Bert, the summer's strong, the winter's strong. But it's like creating this place where guys can come to belong. And when I spoke to those two guys, I feel I like belong. You know what I mean? Like I get on a call with Brandon, same thing. When I get on a call with you, it's the same thing. And finding more of those people and more of those places, but being able to also be your own man And not feel I have to be like this. Because often when I'm around you guys, I'm like an ectomorph, bro. So I'm like the triathlete kind of guy. And then when I interview, when I chat with, especially you and Brandon, I'm like, I can't come to summer strong, man. Like There's freaking beasts there. I'm like the skinny dude. And then he was like, no, man. Because that's what our brain says to us, right? It says, oh, because you don't have this thing, you don't belong. And then you think, well, because these guys are freaking killing and I should go and work out myself to death stop spending time with your kids, sacrifice time with your wife, just so that you can build muscle. And that's why this whole discomfort by design is great, but you got to choose your discomfort and you're going to choose your goal. And you got to know why you're doing it. And you shouldn't do anything really, unless you know why. And some of the why might be a spontaneous, just burst of energy from your your essence and your core, like a visceral feeling. And that is also going with who you really are. But at most, a lot of the times when we set those long-term goals or, want to be a certain type of man or want to do certain type of things. Is it coming from the outside and what the world expects of you? Or is it coming from, from you as a person without that? And how do we get back to that, bro? How do we get back to who we really are and what we really want? And I'm rambling now and I'm going to take some cake. So take a (laughs) bite of cake. So Taylor can, can speak. But as you can see, I've got no real problem being myself. And I think that that's very important you know, because whether people listening are going to love you or think like, what a jackass. Let's be honest, Taylor. Does it really make a difference to my life? <laughs> but this no. is going to taste
0: good. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, you're going to eat cake regardless of whether or not they think you're a jackass. So uh, <laughs> may as Whatever. well enjoy it, right? <laughs> uh, but no, I, mean, I, I think that's perfect, Tom. And, 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 you know, you bring up this whole idea of fitting in versus belonging. And, you know, here, here's the thing. When, when, you, when you look at fitting in, right? So you're looking at a predefined space that you're going to try to occupy. And and in order to occupy that space, there's one of three things has to happen. Either A, you have to be a perfect fit as you are, which would mean, hey, guess what? You already belong there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or B, Uh you have to add something to yourself or take something away from yourself in order to fit in that space. So fitting in is is, is more about manipulation. You have to manipulate the situation in order to fit in. Whereas if you belong, it's organic, it's already there, and it just goes. And, and I have been to Winter Strong. I have been to Summer Strong. I know you brought both of those things up. And let me just go ahead and tell you, they're two completely opposite spectrum events, 100%, in a lot of ways. But the one thing, the constant there is very simple. And, and I'll say this as a plug for, for either of those events. If you ever have an opportunity to attend... Summer Strong or Winter Strong that's put on by Sorenex, that is one of those things that you don't, you cancel whatever else you have to cancel unless it's a family event and you go. You burn the gas and you go find out because you, you will not leave there the same. It's going to change you. Um, I, I've been to Winter Strong twice and Summer Strong once and all three times I came away a different person, 100%. I, I came away an improved person in a lot of ways and we can we can go into all that if we want to but um, the reason that it's like that is very simple everyone walks in that door with the understanding that a i have a lot i need to learn and i can learn a lot from everyone here each person here has something i can take home there i can learn something from every person that's here they're all here for a reason and i can learn something from them the other thing that is accepted and is a truth that you walk in that door is B, I have a lot to offer and I can offer that freely to everyone here without an agenda. So when you walk in, you're surrounded by people who want to learn from you and also want to teach you without agenda. And Mm. it's, it's a communal sharing moment that is it's unlike anything i've ever been to because you know i've been to conferences i've been to clinics i've been to symposiums and all this other type of things where the vast majority of it is a select few people who are just sharing out information and they're just blasting out all this information and a lot of times it's it's to push their own brand or their own ideas for their own purposes it's not a whole lot of hey. This is something I've found that works. It's something I've found that I'm passionate about. It's something I've found that achieves this, and I'm going to share that with you, just because. You can do what you want to with it. I'm going to share it with you, but when I do that, I'm, I also want to know how you do it. What do you do? How do you make this work? How does this work for you? And and you, I want you to teach me. And Bert, Bert brings up this this thing. He calls it candid and curious. And, and I, I love that concept. I'm going to be extremely candid and I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to give everything I've got out there. I'm going to mm. stick it all out there. Yeah. But I'm also going to be insanely curious. I want to know everything about you too. Yeah. And, and when you have those conversations and you have those interactions, that's when that that incredible growth happens. And that is why there's so much magic in summer strong and winter strong, because everybody that goes in there goes in there with that understanding and with that goal in mind of I'm going to share everything of myself and I'm going to be completely open to receiving anything that anyone has to offer. And just for anyone that's never been or doesn't have a clue, those two events are probably some of the most could be high ego situations ever. We're talking professional athletes, special operations, military people, um, some of the best – you have some of the best cooks in the world. You have some of the best athletes that have ever lived. I'm talking about uh, – yeah, right? Some of the best blacksmiths. You have world record holders. You have Olympians. You have um, professional hunters, uh, people who who shoot professionally. I mean, you have some of the best optic designers in the world, some of the best gunsmiths in the world. Then, you know, you go back and you look at Summer Strong and you have – the highest level strength and conditioning coaches, you have the highest level uh powerlifting people, you have um, Olympians there, you have professional athletes there, you have, um, you have, you have all of these people that are just what I would consider extremely high performers and high achievers, and none of them come in there with a, hey, look at me, this is me attitude, they don't, they don't ever do that, and it, and it's, absolutely crazy because you have people who are coming up and introducing themselves to you with their name. And it's like, dude, I know who you are. You have half a million followers on Instagram. Are you kidding me? Like Uh I know you, (laughs) but they don't, they don't come up to you and be like, what's up? And expect you to know who they are. They come and offer that of themselves. Hey, I'm this person. What's your name? What do you do? Oh, that's awesome. This is what I do. Let's go have a conversation. Let's go grab a beer and sit down and talk about this. This is great. And then you, next thing you know, you're sitting there in, a, in a, on a, at a table with a guy who's holds multiple records in the Highland Games, owns a great clothing brand, and then you've got so, I mean you got Matt Vincent at a table, you got Jen Widerstrom at a table, you got Ryan Mickler at a table, uh, uh, Dr. Pat Ivy at a table, and then there's me sitting there and I'm like, how do I belong with these people? You know? <laughs> and but that's the thing. There's, you, can, you question it because you feel like, it's like almost everybody that's there has a little bit of an imposter syndrome where they feel like they shouldn't be there. And that is so unique to me because they all go, you know, all these other people, they should absolutely be here, but I have no idea why I'm here. And everybody has that attitude, and so there's no ego, none. And I think Bert, Bert said on the podcast I did with him, they're coming up on. Uh, I think this is the fifteenth year of Summerstrong. and there's never once been any physical altercation at Summerstrong. Like, and it, and if you knew who I was in that room, you'd be like, "Uh, you're lying," because there's so much throwing, just man. testosterone and 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 there's man, there are some badass women that are at that thing. Um. You know, Laura Zara comes to Winter Strong. Jen Widerstrom comes to Summer Strong, just to name a couple right offhand. There was a, one of the speakers at Summer Strong last year was Stephanie Mock, and she's a she's a director of strength and conditioning at a Division One university. She is one of the most intelligent people I have ever been around when it comes to strength and conditioning. Um, there are some just incredible, incredible women that are at these events. And so, I mean, it's not just, you know, testosterone, but it's just these – what you would call an alpha, right? People, oh, these are alpha males or alpha females. Yes, every one of them are. When you take them away from that event and put them in with, with other people, mm-hmm. um, they, they all gravitate, all those people gravitate to them because they're those natural leaders. And you get them all in a room and it's, magic happens, man. It's, it's, it's impossible to truly put words to unless you've been. People who have been are like, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. And I hope everyone else that's listening is like, man, I've got to go check that out because it is 100% worth whatever you have to do to get there.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I think there's always the temptation for just regular Joes to think like I've got to be something more, you know what I mean? Or I'm not good enough in those type of situations and then try and change yourself to be like that. And that's what I'm kind of trying to hit on here is that there is no expectation. Do you know what I mean? And when you meet the right kind of guys, you realize that that's not important. And you realize that you're actually going to look like a jackass if you actually are doing things that are outside of who you really are. At the end of the day, yeah, I want to be fit. I want to be strong, but I should be able to walk in a room with those guys and feel fine myself because you know what? All those achievements outside in the world and stuff, they're great and kudos to them. And if I ever achieve something like that, great, but I want to let go. I don't want to be attached to that. And that's what starts to happen with those type of men, you know, Brandon, all that he's been through. He lost attachment to that. He just was like, I want to help people. I want to inspire people. You know what I'm saying? Birth the same thing. Um, and and I've obviously not been there, I'd love to go one day, but you're seeing the same thing from all of them, because there's no need to prove, there's no need to posture, there's no need to do that, because they are who they are, they found their sense of belonging, and so they belong, and so they don't need that, it's the moment that you start seeing that, like you say, people like getting all full of themselves, and there's a lot of ego involved, that then you have those issues, do you know what I mean, then you start to see, okay, well, hmm, this person hasn't obviously done the work on themselves, and obviously defines himself by what they've done outside in the world, and you know, it's not about that. It's really about the internal work that you need to do. And it's it's hard because everybody's gotta make that choice for themselves, right?
0: Yeah. Everybody's gotta do that. That's that's something that is necessary. And I, I think a lot of people shy away from it because that's discomfort, bro. It, it is it is very uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. It's it's extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. And to me, personally, uh, I would I would rather get in a ice tub of 38 degree water and sit then get into some serious self-reflection um <laughs> you know oh it, that's obviously changed over the last couple well, you of used years.
1: to be i was just about to and, say you used to be a lot more like that but not yeah, at over, the moment like, over,
0: over the last couple of years that that was that has changed significantly um and, and you know you and the complete dad has played a big role in that and um my, my relationship with Brandon Lilly and then obviously Terrence and yeah. some other people that really encouraged me with the journaling and the reading and the self-analysis and all this stuff. And it's completely kind of shifted and changed a lot um, about my mentality and my emotional state and the way that I perceive things and why I do what I do. The, the why has shifted. Um, and, and that's something that you find is when you, when you, when you learn yourself, you, you learn a lot about your motives and when you can look and see, man, my motives with this, while the outcome may be desirable, the motive behind it was horrible. Um, and, and you know what, The, the thing is, the end does not justify the means. And I think that's, that's something that we get caught up in so much is that as long as it turns out, okay. What I did to get there and why I did it doesn't matter. And that is absolute horse crap. It does matter. Why you do things does matter. How you do things does matter because it it has to, because that is more, that tells more about you. The why and the how tells way more about you than the what, you know, and Brandon, we, we talk about Brandon Lilly a whole lot because he is a very great example about this, you know, Dude, when I first met Brandon, uh, Brandon, I first met him in the summer of 2018 was the first time I met Brandon, and he was still, I think he had already started a little bit of his physical transformation, but he was still very much the power lifter physically. And and I'm not a small human by any stretch of the imagination. Brandon made me feel small. (laughs) And uh, now that's a completely different deal and he's he's talked about before the reasons why he got the way he was and the reasons behind who he became as an athlete and then you look at you know his why now and his motives behind who he is now and the changes that he's undergone and they're completely polar opposite ends of the spectrum um And so the question that I've always kind of struggled with, and and not lately, but something that I always convinced myself of was that as long as I get to whatever the end is, then the how and why don't matter. I'll get there how I get there, and then we'll deal with the fallout from the how and the why then. Instead of understanding who I am, having a, a hard conversation, doing the work, creating the correct motives, and then pursuing the goal.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I mean you know a lot of this comes down to being able to be uncomfortable in ways that don't come easily to you. Do you know what I mean? As men, especially, and and as we talk about that, you know, like knowing the why and being able to kick yourself in the pants and say to yourself, "Bullshit, man, you're not doing that for that reason." Because we can light ourselves so well, man. We can light ourselves. Really well, and listen here, man. It's not easy, but for me, it's much easier to get in ice, a tub of ice water, to wake up early in the morning, to work out, to kill myself physically, to do all that stuff that gets the attention and gets the attention of discomfort. Do you know what I mean? And it has its place, definitely. I mean, you know, if you follow the Stoics as well, you know, definitely a Stoic kind of tenant there. you you know, and then technique, you know like doing this intentional discomfort and I'm not going to shit on that stuff because I think it's great. And I think you do need to do it. But as men, the real uncomfortable thing is our emotions and, and stop, you know, and I'm not talking about anger because it's so easy to be angry. Like for me, like, okay, I'll deal with my anger. Like, okay, that's, that's still a challenge, but it's still comfortable for me to deal with anger to a certain extent because anger is a manly masculine emotion. What's hard is to start, getting the nuance of your emotions? How do you really feel? What's the feeling actually behind the anger? What's the feeling behind the frustration? And am I going to take the time and am I going to put the effort into really finding the roots of these issues, even finding the roots of why I need to make myself feel uncomfortable on the outside to make myself feel better or why I need to go run that, do that Ironman. Like I had a whole Ironman plan this year or half Ironman. And that's cool. Like, as I said, I don't know why I have to always do these like what do you call them before just to explain them before? What do we call that when you do something like that? There's a word for that. I'm skipping my um, mind. Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. That's disclaimer, why we have to keep doing these disclaimers because I'm not trying to shit on any of this stuff. I think it's all great. As I said, you, you're intentional about it and you know why you're doing it. Everything can be good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, this con- cake. Context man. is
0: everything. Yeah, well, like look,
1: I, I I'm fit, I'm healthy, I want to eat some cake. Cool. I'm gonna eat it because it makes me feel good. I like it. My wife made it, she's happy that I'm eating it. Net win, no sadness. here. I'm not gonna suddenly like blow up and die of a heart attack and because of that piece of cake. But if I keep on doing that the whole time, yes, it's gonna be bad. And without thinking about it, and it can be anything, bro. Anything can be your cake or your drug or your cocaine or your you know what I mean? Anything can take the place of that. And just because society looks at certain things in certain ways. And it's more acceptable to be on my phone, actually, and more acceptable to be on social media it doesn't mean that social media can end up having drastic consequences on my life or just the most drastic one, which is just hiding and covering over my issues, man, my trauma, my, my wounds, you know, and we need to get there to deal with that stuff. Cause that is the, this most uncomfortable shit for us to do as men. It's definitely, it's the hardest thing that I've ever done was go spend five hours in a car, not listening to anything. I didn't, there was one day I just was driving to a triathlon actually by myself it was quite far away, so my, my wife and them didn't come with me, and it was a muddy as hell, bro. That triathlon was discomfort by design, like pure. pure. Um, but on the way, I, I wanted to switch. I wanted to call someone, and then I tried to call someone else. And then I wanted to switch on a podcast, and I just went, like, hang on, hang on, dude. Like, can you not be alone? Can you not just sit here now and think? And I said to myself, you know what? Let's do something scary. Let's spend five hours without listening to any music, without any podcast, without calling anybody. And let's just think about life. And I was like, there's no freaking way I could do this. This is like insane, like five hours. So I started doing it and it felt kind of cuck. And I kept on reach. I still kept reaching for my cell phone, the radio, it was so funny. And then eventually I was like, after half an hour, I was like, okay, cool. And then after an hour, man, I am thinking about my life and delving into my childhood and delving into the reasons and, and like going through many instances in my life that have led me to have these wounds and led me to have these issues and led me to actually be successful bro which is so funny because a lot of our insecurities do end up like you say the how and the the how and the why you still get there but you don't get there through security you get there through insecurity right you basically become something because you were insecure and had to prove yourself and you start realizing that. So taking that time that day and going through, that was not comfortable, but the more I delved into it, the more I started to understand myself and the reasons, the more I was able to do work. And then on the way back, I went through every single year of my life since the age of four. And the only person I called was, I called my mother in England and I asked her mom, how was my childhood before four years old? Because I don't remember anything before that. And she told me certain things that were happened with her and my dad and certain things that happened in my life and things before I was four. And I started to go like, whoa, Why don't I trust people so much? Why do I have these things? And that 10 hours of just being alone in the car, I mean, how powerful was that? And it was much more uncomfortable. And then getting in the group, and even though I lead that group, you know, man, I'm – I'm an open book and I like to share and I've got used to the fact that I don't have to pretend that I've got it all together. I don't have to pretend that I know what I'm even talking about. Because even on this podcast, there's that pressure of like, oh, am I sounding like stupid or am I like going to sound like these guys or uh, Brandon and Bert to be on this podcast? Like, Jesus, like what I'm doing is like a piece of shit. Like no one's going to listen. And it's like, well, so what, bro? You're learning. You learn through doing. You learn through being uncomfortable and you learn from delving deeper, whether it makes you look like a fool or not. And people are very easy to say this, bro. Oh, yeah, you got to look like a fool first before you make it. I'm like, yeah, but you guys aren't really doing it, man. How many people are really willing to look like a fool? Well, I'm starting to realize that I want to be able to look bad because I know that on the path to success is me, warts and all, like looking at every ugly aspect of myself. And you know what? Being okay with it and accepting that's my life. That's who I am. That's who I have been. Okay, this is who I want to become. And this is who I'm becoming every single day. Who am I becoming right now? And every morning offers that opportunity to work closer to peace, to work to contentment, to work towards patience, to walk towards being a man that is just content within himself, no matter if Taylor thinks I'm wasting time here on the podcast, or if I'm, do you know what I mean? No matter what anybody says, that you know yourself, because I think that when you respect yourself, brother, and we know ourselves, what other people say, it doesn't matter.
0: No, I, You know, that's, that's a great point, Tom. And at the end of the day, and I, I told somebody this the other day, because um, we, were, we were discussing a, a, a situation um, that may would have negative social implications, and, and I, I, I told this person, I was like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care outside of the people that I have placed in my immediate yes. inner yes. circle. I do not care what they think about what I am doing or who I am, because they don't. While, while they serve a purpose in my life, and and we we need to understand what that purpose is, right? So, I mean, there's people that we interact with on a daily basis. You have to, you go to a job just like I do. Um, we're we're in a little bit more of a social setting because you and I are both in education, so we're surrounded by adults and children, and there are people that that you have you have to maintain a certain level of. Of uh, a, a social, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to maintain a certain level of social acceptance just within yeah, that, yeah. just simply to be effective at your job. You, you do. Yeah, um, it's not a you, no, you, no,
1: no fucks given, bro. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but it's not. It's not that approach at all, and that's the thing that that obviously is stupid. When you start doing that, that's ego as well. It's definitely not no fucks. It's just like I'm securing myself.
0: Correct. I mean you don't you don't want to intentionally become a pariah. I mean no. that's not what I'm saying. But the point I was making Maybe to that sometimes. person <laughs> The <laughs> point what depends on who we're talking about. Yeah, the point yeah. I was making to that person was that look, you, you you have to start inward and work out, right? So by the time the ripples get out to the to the outer circles, at at that point you've satisfied who you need to care about and what they need to think. Obviously, first is you. If you can lay your head down at night and, and you're content with who you are and, and, and not not because you're resigned to who you are, but you are content with the person you are today and who you're becoming tomorrow, right? You're, you're content with being and you're content with becoming. That's great. You start there and then you work out. So you, 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 for you, for me, that would be wife, children, right? That would be that next circle. The next one after that would be our families, parents, siblings, You know, the people that that we're related to and then our close very close circle of friends. And then after that, who cares? Who really cares what other people think? Because at the end of the day, they're not in my they're not in my inner circle. They're just someone I come into contact with. Mm -hmm. I may come into contact with them every single day, but they don't know me. And I don't know them. I know who they are, I know of them, but they don't, they don't know me intimately. And that's, that's I think where we have such a hard time as a modern society. And because it's, it's possible to have a circle, like for instance, my closest friends, none of them live in the city I live in. None of them work with me here. The ones that I speak to every single day some of my friends here at work are, are as close as those guys. They're, but but my, my inner circle, my tribe, doesn't live here. And that's great that social media has granted us that, but I, I think that we've kind of gotten skewed on who we should care about, what they think, and ha- what their opinions of us are, and things of that nature. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we worry so much about people who don't matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's this whole thing back to belonging, right? It's like the people you belong with, what do you share? You usually share the same values. Do you know what I mean? You usually value the same things and you usually have things in common. And you also, what you have in common is that you actually care for each other and you care about each other's success and you actually are championing each other on, you are cheerleaders for each other, so to speak, and you are are advisors and you are therapists. Do you know what I mean? You, You know that person and you said, no, these people, but, it's like Ryan Mickler was writing the other day. He said, "You know, like take the ten to, you know, if you die in two weeks, it's going to be about ten to, after you die, two to two weeks after you die, there's going to be about ten to fifteen people who actually give a shit about you, that actually care. Focus on those people. Spend time with those people because those are the people that you belong. That's your tribe, and that's why I think this whole idea of society, like, look, I want everybody to get along, and I think you should treat everyone with respect. And Bert was speaking about, you know, just smile at people and treat people with respect. Hey, that can be done to everybody." But it become so global that we care so much what people think. And if you think about back into prehistory or, you know, when we were living on the Savannah Plains or as, you know, as nomads, like you didn't know even people 10 kilometers away from you, let alone like people 10,000 kilometers or miles for you Americans, you know, the distance away you did now, you now you suddenly have your life on display for every single human being on the planet, and you think that that's supposed to matter, even though most of those people who are out there don't have the same values, don't know you at all, don't care. And if you die tomorrow, it wouldn't even blink an eye. You know, at the same time, that's what you got to always keep in mind. You're going to who cares? Who do I care about? Who's actually benefiting me? Because if you're going to listen to other people who don't care about you, they don't want to see you succeed, and that's the harsh truth about it you know, think about yourself. Do you really care that much? Maybe, maybe some people do, you know, just care about strangers, but most people are just in up, out for themselves on a living unconscious lives, bro. They're not doing the work. They're not, self, they're not looking within themselves. They're just living. They're going through day, like every day like that. What can I get out of this? Okay. Like, here's an interaction. I know people like this and it pisses me off, even though I'm like this sometimes, but I feel I can be, but I think I'm honest about it. Like I can, I really get honest with myself and say, Tom, what are you doing this for now? Because I used to be unconscious as well and be like, and that's not belittling, belittling other people for living unconsciously, but I used to be doing things to get things out of out of it. And I like to look at situations now and be honest with myself. Oh, Tom, that was a time, you know, you were you were doing that thing to, to get something out of it for yourself. And it's not always bad that you, you know, it's not always bad to do that, but most people are out for themselves and we're going to care what people think of us. We're going to be living to their tune and dancing to their tune because they are basically playing us And wanting from us what they want. And if we're going to fall in line with it, how do you even do that for hundreds of people out there? Because everybody wants something different from you, right? So if you're going to be people pleasing all the time, you're going to become schizophrenic or multiple personality disorder in a mild case, because you're going to have to be everything to the people that love books and everything to the people that work out. And, you know, I just, I love what I love. I am who I am. And the more I become comfortable with that and end up doing what I believe is right and forming like as far as the fatherhood goes. And, you know, it doesn't matter, guys. Even if you have a home, like that's one place, guys. Spend time in, like, you know, Jordan Peterson says, make your bed, make your home a place where you want to be. Make your home a place where you belong. So when you come home after something, that is a place, whether you're with someone, whether you're alone, and especially if you have children, make your home a place of belonging, a place of love, a place of authenticity and being real and honesty and living in integrity with yourself and with your family and your kids so that they can be honest with you. And so we can all... Whatever your relationships are, they're like these that I have with Taylor. I mean, you and I only know each other for a while, but I know I can tell you anything. And I know that if I'm doing something dumb and I I maybe need to improve something, you will tell it to me. And I can trust that judgment from you because I know you want good for me. And I think building those relationships up more and focusing on the quality and and not the quantity of who cares and whatever, and not trying to live up to other people's expectations, you're going to find the people that appreciate you, right? you know, you don't have to change yourself to get love. In fact, when you keep changing yourself, you never get loved. And you're always going to have that imposter syndrome of like, do they love me for who I am? Or is it this other aspect of myself? And I think a lot of these famous people do have that. They're like, do you, And I mean, I've heard them even say that I've seen interviews with them saying, Oh, do they love me because I'm a movie star? Because this or do they actually love me? Because who I am? Do they love does my dad love me? Because I'm his son, and he really loves me? Or does he love it? Because I was in I was a pro football player. And so, be careful about wanting things that aren't in line, in line with yourself and be careful of going off the goals that don't have a, the right motivation. And the right motivation is the motivation that kind of fills your soul, right? And feeds your heart. And as Hunter Thompson says, you know, I'm probably going to butcher this uh, quote, as we always do, it seems. <laughs> but my heart, always sought, my heart has always sought a thing I cannot name. And I think I actually got it right. It's like, well, name that thing, man. Name it, find it, find what makes your heart like, what satisfies your heart and, and do that.
0: No, uh, I mean, that, that's perfect. It's great. And I think one of the, one of the keys to that, one of the, my personal opinion, one of the reasons that people can't ever name that thing is because they don't ever give. And I, I think, I think to truly, to truly seek after that thing, to truly name it and find it is there has to be an exchange, right? There has to be a two way street because, there, there's two types of people in the world to me. There are people who are consumers and consumers only, but everyone is a consumer. I want to throw that out there. Every single person is a consumer of, of something at all times. Everyone's a consumer. But there are also those, and this is the second type of person, everyone is a consumer, but then there are those who contribute. They're givers. Someone who is, not only are they receiving, but they're also giving of themselves. And I think that once you become a giver, once you become someone who contributes, at that point, then you're able to, to find what that thing is because you can consume and, consume and consume and consume and consume and consume. And the people that I know, the people that I can think about right now, and I'm sure you can too, and even anyone listening to this can probably think of the same person just at the drop of a hat people who are solid consumers who they 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 always have to get something and they're never giving anything back they're never creating they're never putting stuff back out into the world they're just taking 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 all the time those people are miserable they are absolutely miserable they try to fill voids with the latest things, the latest fads, the latest trends. They're always trying to look for this next great whatever. And it's like, man, can you ever just sit and be still and just be happy? Like, I mean, not that happiness is the goal necessarily, because it's happiness is fleeting and it's, you know, dependent upon situations and it's uh, 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 an occurrence. But could you could you just be content? Can you can you are you able to be still and to go, hey? If this is as good as it gets, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Or are you always thinking about the next thing? Or are you always trying to find the next thing to consume, to take in? And, and I think, uh, man, I, I think that's become a detriment in our society today in the human condition.
1: No kidding, man. No, no kidding, man. I mean, it's it's, it's as you were speaking there. I was just thinking about what's happened at the moment. It's like every, everything is about feelings it's like, oh, it's my feelings. It's like, oh, that hurt my, that hurt that that old lady in the back's feelings got hurt by the what the guy said. I'm like, seriously, like, is that how we are? Because we are so selfish. We are so about our own feelings and what's wrong with our lives and what we're missing and how we've been treated badly. And look, I'm not saying that this hasn't happened and there aren't people that we could help. And that's our job to serve other people. But as a father, I know that when I step over my own shadow, so to speak, you know, and and help my kids and, and sacrifice for my kids, the, the rewards are so massive. And, you know, as we run up to you know, run up to the end of this this thing. I want to talk about Terence again because, man, that guy just the way that he he modelled that for us is, as as um, as individuals and as men, service. You know, improving yourself so that you are fit for service. Okay, my daughter is coming; here. she's screaming. So it's about whatever my wife's going to open the door here. <laughs> she's <laughs> just come back from the park. But you know, like serving other people and being fit for service. You know, it's that like basically working on yourself so you're able to serve other people. And that's been something for me because. I found it hard because I was a consumer. I've always been a person that um, that has um, consumed often and often cared about my own feelings. And you look at people that are depressed and unhappy, it's always because they get so insular. How am I feeling? I'm feeling so bad. And the problem with our world is it looks like everybody's trying to like have a race to see who can be the most offended and the biggest victim out of everybody. And it's like, that doesn't make you happy. That doesn't make you content. Uh, even if you have been um, treated badly even if you have historically your group of people have been treated badly it's not going to change and you're not going to benefit from wallowing in that self-pity you're not going to feel bad feeling bad about that doesn't actually help you what feels what you do when you feel bad is that watch what happens start trying to make someone else happy and watch what happens to your own feeling of like i feel so bad immediately like okay and that doesn't mean posting on instagram and going and protesting in the streets how unfair everybody is i mean really help somebody I mean, do something that hurts yourself that is uncomfortable so that you can then serve other people and watch, your, watch the way you feel change. And that's what I think we are seeking, dude. And I think I'm glad you brought that around. What Hunter Thompson is talking about, it's not a thing. It's not a, it's not music. Yes, it makes me feel good for the moment. It's not a hunt that I go on that one time or it's not this one moment of beautiful, you know, ecstasy from sex or whatever it might be. It's not. The more you start to serve and start to understand that as Marcus Aurelius was speaking about as well, we were put here for a reason. We have a duty. We have a duty to serve other people and to, to do a job and be a man. And, to, and once you start to understand that life is meant to be uncomfortable and life is meant to, meant to hurt and the Buddha says life, the first law is life is suffering, man. The moment you accept that and the moment you start going, man, fuck, I love suffering, man. I love this shit. Bring it on. And when you start doing that for other people and you'll be able to do that, I'm not there guys. I'm not preaching here. I'm preaching to myself as well. We need to do that because like this podcast is called the discomfort by design. I really think you're onto something there. And I think people have been onto it a bit as well, but I think this understanding that we are designed by discomfort and that it may be what we're seeking because we were like that for thousands of years, right? We were out there hunting, just trying to survive. And us as men, know especially where i come from africa you can imagine what men used to do back in the day there were no comforts there were no like phoning like like i was the other day i was on a cycle and my family needed food and i ordered on the app while i was riding my bike i ordered on the app some pizza and got home and arrived the moment i got paid with it like for the money it was just like instant it was not like that we are made to be uncomfortable and when we not and when we aren't like that it's that saying goes hey taylor it's that you know Good men, good men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create good men. You know what I mean? Good men create good times. Good. So it keeps on going and the more comfortable we we become and the more sensitive we become to everything and wanting everything to be in a row and wanting, and I find this with myself from the smallest things with my kids as well. It's like, I'm expecting things to be easy. I'm waking up expecting this to be great. And that, that doesn't mean we can't wake up positive and and um, enthusiastic about the day ahead and that helps a lot but also having the negative visualizations of the Stoic talk about to understand that every day is going to have its challenges and welcome them because they are good for you instead of welcoming just sitting on the couch at the end of a hard day and living your life for that because how often are we living on life for friday afternoon at five o'clock when work ends how often are we living life for the bag of chips and that beer on the couch And that doesn't mean that a piece of cake doing a podcast isn't cool or sitting on the couch isn't cool, but be intentional about that and make sure that you've earned it. Because my kids even see that when we get to the top of the mountain after a hard ride, that food tastes much better and that apple juice just tastes that much sweeter. And they feel I've earned it because I think it's natural for us to be like that. And I think that's what a heart desires. A heart desires to go through some difficulty.
0: Yes, it absolutely does. And and there's nothing more satisfying than a completed task, right? Something that, that yeah. took that took effort. Um, man, I, I had a moment Monday, Monday where I was just like I felt extremely cluttered and I, I my mind just wouldn't get at ease. So I, I went to my vehicle, I took a shop vac and I cleaned out my entire vehicle.
1: Truck. You took your vehicle? I went Sorry, to my, I vehicle. Just, my vehicle. My <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> Sorry, Americans. He's making
0: fun of my southern accent. Uh, I love
1: your southern accent, dude. You but know that. Now,
0: I went and I cleaned out my truck. I threw out everything in there that I that I didn't need. I mean I threw away stuff that works, stuff that, that's fine. <laughs> and I was like, I don't use this. It's sitting in here. It's been in here for three months. I haven't touched it. And I threw it in the garbage. And and I felt so much better after I did that. I was like, man, I've got rid of things. I took and I went and went and did a task, right? I feel that way after I train. Like I, I, I yeah. feel the, the worst I feel physically is when I, I skip training and I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting and I don't do anything when I go train and I strain and it might, I'm, there may be some soreness, but I feel so much better. That, that moment of connection is, is incredible. And you and I have talked about connection before and how we lack connection in this world. That's going to probably have to be a topic for round two of this thing. Cause I mean, I plan to have you back on several times. Um, but man, you know, you spoke about living for Fridays 52 weeks in a year, Saturday and Sunday make up two days out of the week. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not only going to live 104 days a year. I'm just not
1: going to do that. Well, even those days, bro, even those days become like living for parts of those days and, you know, trying to avoid discomfort as well. And even, and you know, I mean, how many people just don't feel even comfortable on those days, you know, because they don't learn that that's the way it is. You know what I mean? They don't set themselves tasks on those days and just vegging out. Um, And consuming, consuming, consuming. That's not what we were made to do. We weren't like that. We ate what we needed. We didn't consume, consume and try to find the new thing. And it's so funny because, you know, I mean, it's not funny at all, actually. It's pretty tragic because like, you know, Henry David Thoreau in Walden, you know, talked about improved means to an unimproved end. It's like we've improved everything. And that was like in the 1800s, dude, when he wrote that book. We have these improved means. Everything's like amazing, working better. And when they talk about kids in school, because you're a teacher as well, and they they start like um they start um you know obviously making the stem like really like oh who's like kids need to be inventors, they need to like change things. And it's it's really cool when kids think differently and create something and improve something. And I'm kind of thinking, is it wouldn't it be cool if kids started going back to how things were? Wouldn't it actually be good if kids started to be more outside and to have less advancements and stop developing things and stop inventing new ways of doing things that make things easier for ourselves, because that's almost like what we do. We we take the path of least resistance. But unfortunately, now it's become to a, a zenith where it's so bad that we are definitely losing our soul. And I think that you and I have talked about connection before. And yeah, we'll end up with this so we can carry on another time is, that's why it feels so good to get into nature and why our kids love it, because that's where we're meant to be. And we're not meant to be in this comfort. Why does it feel good to make a fire from a lighting steel when we could just like me we make it with steel uh, with fire steel and like we try to find like mushrooms to make a certain type of mushroom to light and it takes us fucking a half an hour to an hour but we never give up until that fire is lit we don't take out matches in fact we didn't take matches with us so they learn sometimes it's hard work and it gets done and my son I don't know why but that fire just feels so much cooler when it starts burning when we've had to work for that shit. Well,
0: you know, <laughs> and and this is this is the other part of that, and, and we'll we'll kind of start wrapping this up, but.
1: I think we've been trying to wrap it up for ten minutes. <laughs> I know. I would
0: do this for the next four hours. No, let's. But, let's not do that. When, uh, no. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, if Tom, they got Thomas in, the uh, in Germany and he's seven hours ahead, so uh, yeah. he's he's getting ready to start the evening with his family. Um, but you can't cook your food until that fire's lit. Yeah. So you you have to go through that yeah, strain, it's so
1: good, dude. It's so you good.
0: have to go through that strain in order to mm. get. To the yeah. goal that you're wanting to that, that full belly, the reason that food tastes so much better yeah. cooked over that open fire was because you had to work for it, and and that connection to it is fantastic, man. And so we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Tom, do me a favor, real quick, man. Tell anybody where they can find you, where they can follow you, and see what you're doing and, and all that stuff. Even though you don't post a whole lot anymore, um,
1: mm, no, no. what uh,
0: what, where can people find you?
1: You can find me in Germany in Bavaria. <laughs> Shoot me a shoot me a message and come visit. I'll well give you a beer or two. No, um, it's um on Instagram at the Complete Dad. As I said, I'm not that active in posting, but connect with me, send me a message. Um, go check us out there for some ideas with bushcraft with your kids. Um, if you want some inspiration for getting the kids outside, I do a lot of that with my kids. And um check us out at thecompletedad.work, complete dad.work for um our website where you'll find um, a link to our group, the complete dad network, which Taylor is a part of as well, where we do this, these, this work and and have these conversations and focus really on being present, being self aware, and really being intentional as dads. Um, and yeah, check out my podcast, The Complete Dad that I do with Joshua every week and Monday Meditations, where we look at these things as well. And you know, just remember, we all works in progress. Let it be fuel for thought. And that's what I like to encourage guys, you know, listen to podcasts, read some books, but at least spend as much time on your own, Taking a walk in the forest, along the beach, or wherever, and just putting in that time to think and and think about who you are and who you want to be, and not comparing yourself to other people. Taking little pieces, like from people like Terence, being influenced by these people that really make an, make um, an impact on our lives, and and then finding your own path. You really need to find your own path and live your own life because the only one you got. So thanks, Taylor, for having me on. Really enjoyed it, brother, and we'll we'll be talking soon. I know.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. And one more small thing. Uh, Tom has mentioned the complete dad. He's got an entire network set up on mighty networks. That is, uh, it's fantastic. And I think if anyone, anyone is interested in anything that Tom has had to say, anything that we've, we've gone through here, reach out to me, uh, reach out to Tom and, and we can kind of get you some more information on that. It's a great coursework that's in there. It's a great community of, of people who are, are all striving toward the common goal of, of self-improvement. So, uh, with that said, man, I appreciate you being on brother. And, I uh, hope your cake was awesome. And, uh, man i will uh we'll catch up uh we'll catch up soon boss sweet brother see ya thank you for listening to this episode of the discomfort by design podcast i hope you enjoyed the conversation with tom kingwell tom is doing some really great things with the complete dad network and if that's something that you would be interested in please feel free to reach out to myself or reach out to tom and i'd be glad to get you some more information about how you can get involved with that great group of guys also one more time just remind you please subscribe Give us a rating and a review and help us grow this podcast. Design some discomfort into your everyday life. Have a great day.